Are you looking for an affordable health care option? Are you upset by the health insurance options offered by the ACA? Head over to StacyOnTheRight.com and click the banner ad for the Alliance for Shared Health to sign up for health sharing. ASH is a health share ministry with over 40,000 households participating. As a member, you share in the financial burden of healthcare expenses, including needs sharing for critical illnesses, accidents, dental, and vision. You can access the virtual care provider at zero cost, pick up your prescription from the pharmacy using the share prescription card, and order lab and imaging tests at discounts of up to 80%. Open enrollment is now. Don't miss out on the chance to save 50 to 70% on your monthly premiums while making a difference in the lives of others who share your values. Reach out to Ash today. Head over to StacyOnTheRight.com, click the banner ad, and sign up now. That's StacyOnTheRight.com. Click the banner ad and start sharing and saving today. Alliance for Shared Health. Changing healthcare, changing lives. This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible reading, gun toting, Air Force veteran, wife, and mom, righteously American. Ash Chow is a reporter and columnist with bylines at The Federalist and The New York Observer. She has previously worked for Real Clear Investigations, The Washington Examiner, and The Heritage Foundation. Her Twitter is Ash Chow, only now she's Ash Short because she's, well, she's been married a year, so I don't know if we can say newlywed, can we, Ash? But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Still feels like a newlywed. I, I just think it's so exciting when I see people get married because I've been married for a long time. So the newness of it, the excitement and all of the things to look forward to. Uh, congratulations again. And I'm so glad you're here today on the podcast to discuss um, your article. You write a lot. You write all over the place. But over at the dailywire.com, so it's dailywire.com, you have an opinion piece up called the FBI is now mainly a weapon against Republicans. I feel this. I actually have thought this to myself. And so for you to write this piece, I was like, oh, thank God. Yes. So um, why did you write this? And what, what are you trying to tell Americans with this? Well, for me, it feels like back in 2016, we had the, the Hillary Clinton email scandal. And that was really big. And then we had James Comey come out and say, oh, well, yeah, she did all these things that broke the law, but uh, she didn't intend to. She's just an idiot. So we're not going to charge her with anything. And the media was so mad that, you know, there was an investigation at all that anything hurt Hillary Clinton. They blamed Comey for Hillary's loss to Donald Trump, right? Because no way could Trump have won legitimately, right? Like it was Mm. the Russians, but it was also Comey, you know, all these things. To me, it feels like the FBI kind of in a way, learned its lesson after that, that you do not go after Democrats. And if you do, you don't make it public. You keep it super quiet and you definitely don't say anything about it during an election. Doesn't matter for Republicans, totally different rules. And we've seen that ever since, right? We saw that with beginning with the Russia hoax investigation into the 2016 Trump campaign. Remember the media, everybody with their bombshell reports, oh, the FBI has evidence that Trump colluded with Russia. And no, they didn't. It was it was complete bunk. And we've just kind of seen that same thing ever since. I mean, we found out 
that the FBI has been investigating Hunter Biden since 2018. They kept it quiet during the election. Well, they've kept it quiet since 2018, but they especially kept it quiet in 2020 because they were saying, well, well, we have a department policy not to do anything that would harm an election. Yet all of their Trump stuff was, you know, completely there to alter an election. But what we're seeing now is while they've kept the Hunter Biden stuff under wraps, they're, they're you know, shopping this Matt Gates story, you know, without any evidence. We're just getting the allegations. And, you know, people have already pointed out that, like, well, if they've been looking into this for years, then, I mean, they should know whether he flew with a 17-year-old girl on a plane. Like, that should be the easiest thing in the world for the FBI to check. Like, just check the plane records and you should know it, you know, but that's not what they're doing. Of course, they're anonymously briefing the New York Times on this investigation with these allegations out there. And then, of course, we know how the story goes. Oh, former people that worked with him make these additional allegations that have nothing to do with the ones that the FBI is allegedly looking into. And then you've got people coming out of the woodwork. Oh, Matt Gates treated me like dirt years ago. Oh, Matt Gates made a sexist comment at some point, I believe. You know, like it just comes out of the woodworks in order to try to destroy him. I mean, I think there's enough else going on right now that this isn't the biggest story. But at the same time, we're completely ignoring all kinds of Hunter Biden information. Hmm. So, Ash, the points you're making here are, you know, elucidating and brilliant, but I think there's something even more basic and you just touched on it. And that is because I honestly, I could care less about what Matt Gates, what, what contests he's involved in with his with his frat buddies. You know, he's he's got that hair, which is kind of an indicator that he's <laughs> in some ways not as serious as some other people. I've always enjoyed exactly. his um, he, he gets out there, right? He mixes it up. He's not afraid to kind of put himself out on the very cutting edge like he did when Liz Cheney was having her temper tantrum and displaying all of her hatred for President Trump. She, you know, you had Matt Gates. He he went out there kind of swinging like, OK, you know, you, you want to bring it to, to former President Trump. I'm going to bring it to your district. Maybe people in your district don't like having you as their, you know, as as their representative in in, in Washington, D.C., and I kind of feel like all of this coverage of scandals that, you know, they're unsubstantiated. He's innocent until proven guilty. If he's guilty, let him deal with it. If he's innocent, you know, it's a witch hunt. Um, but I feel like it's a backlash for that. When I went on Twitter, I saw most of the people on the left tweeting were saying, this is what you get when you go up against Liz Cheney because they've adopted her as their own. And so to kind of circle back Jen Psaki style to what you said at the very beginning, you talked about mm-hmm. how uh, Comey was taught a lesson. The FBI was taught a lesson. We watched Jim Comey more from a moderate Republican careerist into a hardcore leftist Democrat advocating for Democrats because of the way he felt it was his fault that Hillary Clinton didn't win. It's an amazing uh, skill that Democrats have. They can take a rational, free-thinking individual who claims to be a Republican and turn them into a hardcore Marxist, leftist, Leninist-type Democrat Um, Just by simply shaming them 
into submission. They did it with Comey. They'll do it to anyone else who dares to to cross them. It's as if losing an election, if they can find someone to blame it on and hang that cross around their neck, then that that, that person can never recover because Comey's not really one of their friends or allies. They don't really like him. They just use him because right. he allows himself. They did use him and they completely discarded him. That's why we only we see him. He's just like they left dropped him in some woods somewhere where he's just taking pictures <laughs> in the woods because they just abandoned him. I feel like they just kind of like opened up the door on a van and pushed him out when they were done with him. But I mean, I mean, you make a good point about, you know, the Democrats just taking this out and making sure that anyone who um, not like crosses them, but who, who they decide has crossed them, because, of course, they didn't. They don't really like Liz Cheney and they don't really care that Matt Gates did anything to hurt her position. But Matt Gates has been kind of a thorn in their side. And whether you love him or hate him, he has been a thorn in their side. So this was just the perfect opportunity. All of a sudden they adopt Liz Cheney, you know, as this is a real Republican, right? Even though the Republican Party, you know, the conservative wing of it, you know, not so big on Liz Cheney. But mm-hmm. suddenly, you know, she's up there with uh, the Lincoln Project fellows. Uh, these are real Republicans, whereas Matt Gates, Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, no, they're they're crazy. Uh, and so, you know, Matt Gates had to go. And then they found this perfect opportunity. Well, he went after Liz Cheney. And then other people who don't like conservatives glob onto it. And yep, this is in retaliation for Liz Cheney, which should fear anyone that the FBI would give into this. If if that's what you believe, if you believe this is payback from Cheney, then, I mean, the FBI is, is literally just, you know, like part of the mean girls click in high school. Just go after that person because they hurt us. We don't like what they said. Go after them. And then the FBI does. So what do we do? Because the FBI is really powerful. Um, they've, they've kind of demonstrated their power. They... They actually were doing what I consider to be unconstitutional and illegal things while President Trump was in office. From the moment that he declared his candidacy, they were kind of investigating him behind his back and they were overlooking some very Fine serious offenses. Campaign members. Yeah, yeah. But they they also knew that two of their agents were having an affair. That is um that's black letter against the rules. Like you, the, they can't have affairs because it makes them more susceptible to being blackmailed. And so, anyone who holds a security clearance, you know, and engages in an extramarital affair, usually they lose their clearance for regular people. I mean, but those two are now they've written books. They're going on CNN still. They're still regular people. They're like celebrities within the Democrat Party. So, how do we fight back against an FBI that has been radicalized for the Democrats? Well, Trump should have addressed this, and and he couldn't because as much of a fighter as he was, he picked his battles, and some of the battles he picked or didn't pick were a problem. I mean, he put Pompeo into the CIA to clean up the CIA, and my understanding is that Pompeo did a lot of good work there. What Trump should have done was that, but to the FBI to clear this out, to make the FBI what it's supposed to be. I mean, you do still hear stories about the FBI finding missing children. I mean, I write about that constantly. You know, they they work with local groups to find missing and exploited children. They still, 
you know, could do good investigation across state lines. They do a lot of good work that you don't usually hear about. But this political turn that it has taken needs to be wiped out, needs to be addressed, and it needs to be fixed. And Trump did not do that. And he would have struggled. The media would have gone after him, but the media went after him no matter what. So he should have made the FBI an organization for the American people, not against the American people who are ideological on one side of the political spectrum. So when when you talk about that, Ash, the thing that comes to mind for me is, you, you know, you're right. They were going to be going for his throat no matter what. So why not do everything possible? And I, I almost feel as if his list was so big and, and so ridiculous and the the pushback against him was so outsized that, you know, it was amazing that he got to accomplish anything. But leaving the FBI untouched in its current state is a danger to Americans because, They basically act as the enforcer arm in a way, not the complete FBI. The point that you make about the missing kids and the busts on sex trafficking, I remember reading about those and thinking, this is the America I know. This is this is the America where across agencies, they come together to rescue 25, 40 children. You know, these are these are success stories and they should make all of us feel proud to be funding these organizations through our tax dollars. But to leave a significant deep state with the FBI um, it means that the next election is imperiled because they'll just try to dig up some kind of dirt if they're not already working on it for the next candidate, whoever should, you know, assume uh, the, the you know, 2024 aspirations. They'll be looking into those people. It's, it's the kind of evil that we see in movies. And it's always interesting to watch in movies because, you know, the good guy in the end is going to root out the evil and, you know, they're going to probably have some really cool shootouts and fly over some, you know, low helicopter flights over cities, whatever. At the end, you're getting a resolution. Only this is our real life, Ash. We're we're in this, this, it's like bizarro world with the FBI actually feeling beholden to Democrats. Right, absolutely. And actually starting an investigation based on an oppo research document from someone with no credibility and no evidence to support his claims whatsoever in the Christopher Steele document. But, I mean, I I agree with you that they're probably already trying to figure out what they can do. You know, I mean, it looks like right now the media has certainly focused on Ron DeSantis in the absence of Trump and trying to make Ron DeSantis still a villain of the coronavirus when it's very clear that Andrew Cuomo was the worst governor during the coronavirus. You can't hide that nursing home policy. You can say, well, oh, well, you know, DeSantis worked with Publix to give people the vaccine. Publix, the biggest grocery store chain in Florida, where most places in Florida, that's your your easiest access form, like, to get a vaccine, right? So they're already going after DeSantis. So I'm with you. I bet the FBI is already trying to find things to make an investigation into him. To say, wow, the foreign government, oh, well, the Saudis like him, oh, the Russians like, you know, and to basically just start it now so that by 2024, that's it. They've already, you know, turned him into Trump 2.0. Yeah, I just I think that there is a a faction of the left who you know that's what they're waiting for. They're just waiting for the new person they're supposed to hate. They're tr- they've tried to sink their teeth into Tucker Carlson. I don't think they're going to be successful there. Um, and of course, Ron DeSantis is you know probably public enemy number one for Democrats because he is a younger, uh, more savvy, easier to take Trump type 
leader. And, and it, and so we're all seeing it on the right. We see his leadership potential. We see the fantastic ways he's uh, helmed his state uh, through the, the COVID-19 crisis and, and the successful way that he's led Floridians to really, they, they've maintained their freedom. Um, but there's, there's something more to it than that. And that is, it, it, this is all lopsided. And I saw Clarence Thomas had an opinion that came out yesterday, you know, from the Supreme Court, where he wrote that the social media companies will no longer be allowed to engage or should no longer be allowed to engage in censoring only one side of the political spectrum. And that's quite a statement to come out of the Supreme Court from a sitting justice. Um, do, do you feel like the tide is changing? Because regular Americans don't really care about social media. Most Americans aren't on Twitter. Um, if they're on Facebook, it's not for politics. So we're talking about a, a niche area of American life that kind of has spilled over and is contaminating and dominating the rest of our existence so much so that you've written about the FBI and there's so much more for us to even delve into with it. It's just ridiculous. Absolutely. Because the media is just, I thought that they beclown themselves during Trump with, you know, editing, you know, things that he said, editing videos like with the Koi in Japan, where they're, oh, look at Trump just dumping the box. Well, and really, the president of Japan did it just seconds earlier, but the media tried to make it look like Trump was being disrespectful to Japanese traditions, right? Like, we saw those ridiculous things under Trump. I kind of thought they would stop because of a Democrat being in office, but they have started doing those to Ron DeSantis. That was the 60 Minutes interview that he has just been completely able to debunk and that not only has he but that democrats have come to his defense in this in florida saying the media is completely trying to just destroy him because he's a republican and you also saw that with the georgia election bill where the media just straight up lied about it and stacey abrams you know got on tv everywhere to straight up lie about it and the media ran with it and so people believe that the Georgia election law is some sort how the most restrictive law in the country when it's less restrictive than places like New York. I mean, I mean, these things are just the media is just being caught in them over and over again to the point where The Washington Post and The New York Times actually have to admit these things. And I mean, we already know that trust in the media just continues to decline, but they're really doing themselves no favors at this point. Well, I love it when you say beclown themselves because it is the most apt and perfect description of what they have done and are currently doing uh, editing transcripts of of Biden's speeches where he makes a mistake and misnames a foreign leader. Um, also editing uh, on 60 Minutes, I think it was, over the weekend. They basically edited out the parts where Ron, Governor Ron DeSantis actually uh, d- explained their vaccine distribution scheme that they entered into with Publix and how it really wasn't just Publix and it, and it wasn't anything to do with their donations because they actually donate to Democrats and Republicans. But um, be clowning themselves is something that they're becoming professionals at and Americans have to rely on reporters like you, Ash, to get the truth out there and help us to kind of organize our thoughts around how we approach our elected officials with the truth, which I encourage people to check out. The The title of her column here is The FBI is Now Mainly a Weapon Against Republicans. You can find it at thedailywire.com. The link is in the show notes for today's podcast. And I just encourage you to check it out, share it, read it first, then share it, um, and then follow Ash on Twitter. Uh, I, I love reading your tweets. It's it's one of my good fun things that I get to do on a daily basis. Thank you for joining us today. 
Thank you for having me on. All right. Well, we will talk again soon. I'm, I'm, look for a reach out for me for the SiriusXM show because we'd love to talk to you there as well. And um, enjoy your day. You too. That's the podcast for today. You know, it's one of my fun things to get to do is interview people all day long. Today's no different. So have a fantastic afternoon. Good evening. Good night. And I'll be back with you soon.